Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Ventaney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church, empowering people to empower people. We're going to look at 1 Samuel 17 today, and most of you probably know this, the story of David and Goliath. And we've heard the story so many times that a lot of people think, oh yeah, I know all about that, I can just turn the radio off right now. But we want to look at a couple of specific things in this story that I think go to every day. They go to the things that you and I face. We're, we're not going to face a giant that's nine feet tall. We're not going to face anything like that. But we face problems, and we face things that happen to us every day. And I think the principles that work here for David also work for us every single day in the problems that we face. The story, though, is set up. Goliath comes. The armies of God are lined up. And Goliath comes, and he starts to tell people, hey, there's no sense all of us fighting together. We don't all need to fight. I'll come out and fight. You get one of your guys to come out and fight. And whoever wins, that's it. We can all go home after that. We'll know who won by who wins this fight between me and whoever you choose as your champion. It is interesting that Saul is head and shoulders above everybody else. And as I look at this story, here they have a giant on their side. You have one guy on your side that's head and shoulders taller than everybody else. So who would you probably look to to go out and fight him? Be your guy that's the tallest guy because they're, they're going to be more evenly matched. Saul doesn't want anything to do with Goliath. In fact, Saul offers anybody that can beat Goliath. There's three things that he offers. First, he offers great riches. He says, whoever can slay this guy will get great riches. Second of all, whoever can slay this guy will get my daughter. And you like to think that she probably wasn't some ugly one, that, that it would be worth getting her. And so whoever can slay him gets my daughter. And then his father's household will be tax-free forever. So he's got three pretty, pretty good, good, three pretty pretty good, good incentives there, right? You're going to get great riches. You're going to get my daughter. And you're also going to be tax-free tax <laughs> rest of your life. Guess what happens? Nobody wants no the takers. Deal. <laughs> no takers. <laughs> Nobody wants the deal because every morning and every evening, Goliath would come forth and issue this challenge. So we're told that they were there for 40 days before David gets there. That means they've seen Goliath 80 times. They see him in the morning, they see him in the evening. I imagine that just like people everywhere, they would see him and they were fearful, the Bible says. But then after he goes away and they go back to camp and they start talking, maybe somebody should do something, but who? And over time, Goliath gets bigger and bigger and bigger because now the problem just grows. You ever had to make a phone call that you didn't really want to make 
kept putting it off. The longer you put it off, the worse it got. The bigger the issue. Any problem, whether it's with your health or whatever, the longer you put it off, it typically doesn't get any better. It just gets bigger in your mind. And that's what's happening with with Goliath. They're looking at him every morning. They're looking at him every evening. They've seen him 80 times, and he's probably in their mind getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Probably by this time, he looks like he's 20 feet tall, and there's no way that any of them can beat him. And so they've pretty much given up until David shows up. His father had sent him to bring some provisions to his brothers and for for other people, and he says, Go see how your brothers are doing. David shows up, and David just happens to get there at about the time Goliath is issuing his challenge. And he sees him, and he turns to everybody and he says, What will be done for the man that gets rid of this, this um, person that's defying the armies of the living God? In fact, he says to them, Exactly, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away this reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And this is one of the first key things I think that we want to look at today in this story. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David realizes Goliath isn't defying Saul. He isn't really defying Israel. He isn't even defying David. He's defying God. And he understands that right from the start. He is not looking at how big Goliath is. He isn't looking at how impressive the armor of Goliath is. He isn't looking at how impressive the spear of Goliath is. He isn't looking at any of that stuff. He's looking at the fact that this guy is defying God. Who Uh is he that he is defying the armies of the living God? And so whose fight is it? It's not Saul's. It's not Israel's. It's not David's. It's God's. The battle is always the Lord's. And the battle belongs to God. And it's not up to him. And you look back when the, the Israelites sent the spies into the land. And they said, oh, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. And there's no way we can take this land. And I always tell people they were exactly right. There's no way they could take the land. But that wasn't the promise that God gave them. God said, I will give you the land. So the battle was God's. The battle wasn't theirs. And so when they started now looking at their own strength, well, they couldn't do it. And they were right. But they didn't, shouldn't at least, have looked at their own strength. They should have looked at God's strength. And then because God made a promise, guess what? The promise was going to be good. David doesn't look at his own strength. Most people figure that David is probably 17, 18 years old. He's got a sling and a stone. If Vegas was there, the odds of David winning the fight aren't going to be real good. In fact, if Vegas was there making odds, you got Goliath on one side, you got David and his stone on the other side, I imagine the odds were pretty astronomical that David was going to win the fight. But it wasn't about David. It was about God. God was going to do the fighting for Israel. He was going to do the fighting for David, and it wasn't up to David to do it. The principle here is that when God calls us to something, it's not up to us, it's up to him. We're going to be able to accomplish it in his strength. 
all things are possible through him who strengthens me. So it doesn't matter how big the problem is. Once again, you're probably not going to fight a giant, but you're going to have other issues in your life. You're going to have other things that God calls you to. You're going to have other things that happen. What you need to realize is it's not up to you. It's up to God. It's God's fight. He calls us to be obedient. He calls us to put our faith and our trust in him. Yesterday, we were looking at the verse, have faith in God. This is what David had. David had faith in God. David didn't have faith in a sling. He didn't have faith in his stone. He didn't have faith in, in Saul. He didn't have faith in the armies of Israel. He had faith in God. And because of that, he is able to go forth, and we're going to look a little bit later at the actual fight between David and Goliath. But the principle for each of us right now to be looking at is that when God calls us to something, we just need to put our faith in him, and the fight becomes his. Amen. And I always say this, the Bible, I believe the Bible is for, those stories in the Bible are for our spiritual enrichment and edification, meaning to build us up, to empower us. And as you was reflecting on the story of, of, of David and Goliath, I saw a lot of stuff in there. A lot of revelation just was flowing out. And one of them is uh, the, the giant. And we will have giants in our lives. Giants are those storms, those mountains that Jesus told us we could speak to them. If we have faith Illness. and they can move. Yeah, yeah. Anything, anything that contradicts the word of God is a giant or enemy in our life. And, and again, as you were telling the story, all I kept hearing was in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. And that's what David used. He came out on the field and opened his mouth and say, who is this yeah. <laughs> uncircumcised Philistine who's coming against the armies of the Lord? And when I, I saw who's coming against the children of God, because I heard this somewhere in this text, if because God be for you, who dare be against you? David understood that. He said, and actually later on, he wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Oh, win. yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote that. So he had a revelation of, of, of what the truth was. And again, we got to realize as we're reading these stories, I like to relate them to me today because David and all those guys, they're not here on earth. We are. So how can I use this in my life today? And again, I understood that that word in Ephesians is referred to as the sword of the spirit. And in Hebrews 4.12, it says the word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So all we have to do is, is sick the word on that thing. We can take this word. And, that's what he did. He sick the word on it. He declared and decreed a thing. And it says, uh, you shall decree a thing that shall be established. So he decreed and declared, who is this? Who you think you are? I don't care how big you are. You're not bigger than my God. Right. See, and there's the whole key. Right. You're not bigger than my God. We see problems and they seem so huge to us, but they're not bigger and, than and God. And you got to think about the rest of the armies never declared that. Like you were saying, they were always focusing on how big he was and didn't focus on how big their God was. Right. David, the little guy that wasn't even in the army, just sent out to give his brother some lunch. He must have been, as he was out with the sheep, it, being humble, he must have been spending some time with the Lord. And the Lord was revealing some stuff to him. And I believe God set all of that up. Set the, he timed it everything for him to go out there and bring that lunch. <laughs> and for him to hear, overhear the conversation about what we're going to get. I'm, I'm going to get, get your daughter. Man, she's fine. <laughs> Tax paid? That, that sounds like a pretty good deal. And I know what I know, that greater is he that's in me. I know God can use anybody. 
He went on out there and he declared some stuff and he said, I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to feed it to what? The Ravens? I'm going to feed it to the brothers. He said, I'm going to cut your head off. And he, again, we're on the word planet. You got to send that word first. He sent the word. And God, remember, God watches over his word to perform it. He just wants us to say something. Remember, he told Joshua and them, you referenced Joshua. He told them what to do to uh, defeat Jericho. He said, y'all, and it's all about instruction. See, we don't want to follow instruction anymore. He told them what to do. March around how many days or how many times? And on the last on day, the seventh day, yeah, and, and be quiet. Don't say nothing. Right. And I know the the the, the people, the uh, Egyptian, whoever they was fighting, I say, look at these fools just walking around, ain't saying nothing. When he told them on the last day, now open your mouth, open your mouth. See, you got to do obedience is better blow than sacrifice. Trumpets. Yeah, open your mouth, blow your trumpets, and boom. And they were probably looking at them in their fortress. Their walls was big as freeways. And the, the enemy's probably looking at, look at these fools. And all of a sudden, on that, that shout, they probably, you feel that, Jake? <laughs> they had heart attacks. Well, he defeated them. And again, that's the power of God. He works in and through people. See, and, and you know, you mentioned the walls. When we talk about a wall, we tend to think of something that's like one block. You say these walls are so big, they had chariot races, races on yeah, them. They were yeah. like 25 feet right. wide. These are big walls. But see, they ain't too big for our God. And that's the mindset that David had. He say, this giant, this giant represents an obstacle in your life. It, that, that obstacle, if you make it bigger than your God, okay, well, as a man think it, so is he. But if you focus right, as on... As soon as you think you can't do it, you can't. It's over. And we know that with the children of Israel in the book of Numbers. They said, we are in our own sight as grasshoppers. Right. Once no. you decide you can't do something, you can't do it. And again, and, and that's, the, that's the deal here. We just got to use the word of God. And, and I, I heard it said, our labor is in the word. You have to understand what the will of the Lord is, which he creates to his word. And you got to decree and declare that constantly, constantly. I was uh, back again, I think yesterday I mentioned uh, about the tornado. I had another event uh, yesterday as well. Somebody told me this building that uh, was haunted. And okay, that's one of my specialties too. I, I cast out demonic forces. Or it could have been Casper's friendly ghost. But I know that that's not his resting place, so you got to get out of here. And again, I went in there, my wife and I, and we walked through the building and we just spoke words. Words that came out of the Constitution, the Bible. <laughs> we decreed and declared and commanded because we. Jesus said, I've given you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Okay, he's already defeated death, hell, and the grave. And I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. So we went in operating under that authority of the King of Kings, Jesus, because we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent the kingdom of God, and our job is dis to displace anything that's contrary to the kingdom. We went in there and decreed some stuff. We opened doors on both ends of the building because we, we, we wanted them to leave, <laughs> and we commanded them to leave in Jesus' name. And again, we got to walk in. Like I say, I didn't pick up no sticks. I didn't throw no, I didn't take no paint. I ain't do no oil, none of that. I, I used the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that's what David did. That's what Joshua and them had to tell the people. Hey, hey, we can do this. We can take this. It's all in what do you believe? And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, we believe, therefore we speak. We speak what? The word of God, the will of God. 
what he watches over. He has angels watching over his words. Angels help to bring the word to God to pass in our life. So that we have ministering spirits, angels. They're here to minister for us. You can't see them, but that don't mean they don't exist. But when you send the word of God out, that's why I think took that rock and put some power in that rock. Those angelic forces. Shoot, they probably, you can't see them. They probably went and choked Goliath. <laughs> As he was standing up there, they probably put the choke well, hole in The rock didn't do it. Right. We know that. So the angels must have, remember, because we know all in the Old Testament, angels were showing up constantly. Daniel called on Michael the archangel. Those angels probably put a choke, one of those police choke holes on him. <laughs> and while he was standing up, because you can't see him, and boom, by the time, and God timed it perfect by the time that rock hit him, that choke hole on him, bloop. <laughs> then he walked right up to him and did just what he said, cut his head off, right? He did it. So we always want to figure out, how is this going to work? It ain't, you know, the gospel is not logical. All right, we went past the story here. We got okay, to go okay, back a little okay, bit okay, now. Go we're going to get, we're gonna get to the okay, end. Okay, get to the we're end. We're going to get back. to the part where he cuts his head off. Okay, okay. There today. <laughs> All right, so. Go ahead. David is asking people what's going to happen, and people are answering him, you know, they're going to get riches, they're going to get the king's daughter, they're going to get tax-free, they're going to get all this stuff, and so David's talking to different people. Well, the word gets back to Saul that somebody's thinking about it. Somebody's going to take you up on this <laughs> offer. Somebody might do it. It's Vince. Vince will take and that so, offer. And so Saul hears about this, and he says, man, get this guy over here. I got to see this I, I got to take her. Bring him in. <laughs> Bring him in. Except when he gets there, he takes one look at him. He goes, oh, oh man. man. Richard. <laughs> Richard. Hoy, Julia. kid. Right. Oh, man. You can't fight this guy. So, I mean, his his hopes were up. He's like, oh, man, we finally got somebody. This is going to be good. But now, and then when he sees him, he's like, oh, but man. But remember, in Corinthians, it says God takes the foolish things to confound the oh, wise. Yeah. Not too many mighty, not too many noble are called. He's going to p- use somebody like David, like Richard Hoyt Jr., like Vince, to slay the giants. But go ahead. So, you know, he says to him, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a kid. <laughs> you can't do it. This guy's been a fighting man his whole life. There's no way you can do you it. Can't send me a kid? And so David says to him, when I was watching my father's sheep, the bear and the lion came, and mm-hmm. I was able to smite them. I was able to kill them. He says, in the same way that God delivered me out of their hands, That's the word he again. will deliver That's the testimony. me out of the hand of this Philistine. And testimony. once again, see, it's not, yeah, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. No, what it was was God delivered me before. And guess what he's going to do again? He's going to deliver me again the same way he did before. That was the testimony. He gave all glory to God. Right. And again, you got to be willing to not ashamed of the gospel and take God public. He went to a a man of authority and and said what God was... Had done in and through him, and what God will do in and through him again. Right. So, so he declares that it's God's again who's going to do it. But as much as anything else, what I always like to look at it here is he says, "As God delivered me from the hand from the lion and the bear, He will deliver me from this Philistine." Think about your own life. How many times God's delivered you? You got to reflect. Why is it that God delivers us from? thousands of things that over the course of our life and yet this next one's too big this next one's the one that i got to be worried about this next one's the one i got to be fearful about this next one is the one that maybe he can't do what he said he was going to do never mind that he delivered me ten thousand times before now this might be different this this time it's worse that david doesn't take that tack 
David says, hey, look at how God's protected me before. Look at how God has delivered me before. You know what he's going to do? He's going to do it again. And so as we look, you might have a health crisis. You might have a financial crisis. You might have whatever problem is going on in your life right now. What you need to realize is God has delivered you up to now, and he's going to deliver you through whatever it is that you're facing. It's not as if, oh, wow, this is too big. This is more than God can handle. There's nothing that God can't handle. There's no problem that's too big. And so he says, God delivered me from the bear and he delivered me from the lion. He's going to deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine too. And Saul says, well, I got some armor for you. You know, if you're going to go. <laughs> well, if you insist on going out <laughs> yeah. there, you're the only taker I got. But if you insist. Here, I got some armor for you. Well, the armor was made for Saul. Right. And here we got David. He can't even wear it. He probably could hardly move around. And he says, you know what? This isn't going to work. I, and you know what? I think that was part of God's plan, too. Because it was. Because just like you said earlier, <laughs> God uses the foolish. God uses the weak. Had David gone out there wearing full armor with a spear he and He could have gave else, credit to the armor. He could have given credit to himself. Right. When you go out there and you're unarmed, other than a sling and a stone, the odds are you're not going to win. And when you do, it's clear to everybody that it was God. So God makes it purposely that he doesn't have any armor. He makes it purposely that the armor of, of Saul doesn't fit him. He doesn't want him to go out there with armor because he wants everybody to see that he clearly did the work. He wants the glory. We have to be very careful that as we realize that God's, God's delivered me up till now, he's going to deliver me through this. And then to make sure that once he does, we give all the credit and all the glory to him. Because, you know, it's awful easy to want to take the credit yourself. Well, there's a scripture in Corinthians says he hath delivered us. He thus delivered us, and he continues to deliver us. Every day. Every day. And, and again, it's back to meditating on the word. And as you were speaking about, I was just listening to Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then he goes to talk about that, 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 that spiritual armor and weaponry he'd given us. And again, that was all figurative, but it, it, it comes out of the word of God. And he says, I want you to be strong in me. And that's what David was strong in the Lord. He said it. The Lord is my shepherd. Right. He wasn't strong in himself. No. Uh, and again, that's what God wants us. He says, you spend so much time with me, meditating on what I said, believing what I said, which will ignite your faith on fire. That's what's going to make you strong. You're going to be strong inward. That's why David said, get this stuff. I don't need the little outward stuff. I'm big on the inside. Yeah, I look small, but I'm big on the inside because I'm big with the Lord in me. And again, the Bible talks about that inner man being renewed. And, and we have to feed that inner man some spiritual food. And, and faith comes from the word of God. You got to have that in you. You got to go and meditate on these stories in the Bible because they're for our spiritual enrichment and edification. They're going to feed you. They're going to feed your faith. They're going to build you up. And make you strong in the Lord. Right, because see, God is the same yesterday, today, and He's forever. no yes, he so doesn't the change. Same God who's who delivered this Philistine into the hands of David is the same God we have. And guess today. what Andrew said in Romans eight eleven? The same power that raised Christ from the dead 
dwells inside of us and gives power to our mortal bodies through his spirit that, that dwells in us. I don't forget it. I mean, it's you so, better not forget I mean, it. So I know yeah, for well, people to forget who they are. Right. And that's why you got to be reminded constantly. That's why we do a broadcast like this, Faith on and Fire, to help remind to, you. That's why people have to read their Bible all the time. We are... I, I've heard people described as leaky vessels. Right. And we leak. Still, we got to stay filled up. Because they've done studies where about 75% of what you hear, you forget within 72 hours. That's so why. that means that on Sunday, whatever you heard at your church, by Wednesday, you forgot three quarters of it. Especially if you don't have, I, I encourage people, I got a lot of teaching CDs, cassette tapes, DVDs. In every room in my house, in every vehicle I own, in my office, I'm constantly hearing. And I got Bibles and books. I'm constantly feeding on the Word of God because I understand I leak. And I got since I got a, a leak, we know that. And you had a bicycle, you had a slow leak. You got to keep on going to the air, the gas station, pumping that bad boy up because you want to have a smooth transition a smooth ride so you understand i got a slow leak i gotta put air in this bad boy every morning <laughs> right so we so many people think that oh i can read my bible at church and get a few verses and hear a sermon and that'll last me till next week no you got a work. slow leak you need to fill up every day every day that's why he tells you jesus said it like this and jesus in matthew 4 4 jesus said it is written he was quoting from the Old Testament. He was quoting scripture. Yeah, he said Every it is written. But he said I mean, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. But I mean, he's quoting him scripture. Right. But you know, when the devil comes to us and starts telling us lies, you know what we need to do? Be able to quote scripture. Well, well, here's the deal about quoting scripture. Quoting scripture is quoting the truth. Right. The truth sets you free. And that's what David was. When the devil was, comes to you and says, nobody loves you anymore. Nobody no. cares about you anymore. Again, like I said earlier, anything that contradicts the truth of the word of God is an enemy. It's a giant. And you need to take this sword of the spirit, which is word of God, and cut his head off with. The head represents government. So you have to cut the head off. Seriously, you, you need to take that word and, and cut it off. The Bible talks about in Corinthians, casting down. Well, that's what David did. He cast uh, Goliath's head down. <laughs> He said, I'm going to do this too. You got to cast that down with this word and replace it with the word. I mean, you got to use the word. It right. says in Thessalonians, the word of God works effectively. See, we're going to have giants believe. in our life. We're going to have things in our life. We need to remember what the word of God says about it. That's the only thing that's going to defeat the giant. Right. You can't yeah. do it on your own. David wasn't going to do it on his own. God was going to do it. Yeah, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down the strongholds. You need this word. Yeah, and it's about time for us to go. We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of word or faith. And we want to remind you, as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. This broadcast has been a blessing to you. We ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, 
Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.